Hey guys, Hyrulean here. Welcome back to the Switched Podcast. The only podcast to be recorded in a car on a cell phone. That's right. Nobody else has ever done this before. And it's a brave new world that I'm traveling into by creating this podcast. A world full of high quality microphones and uh, podcast studios of the future. Uh, Today we're going to talk about anime. That's right. We're going to have an episode where we talk about that lovely Japanese cartoon art style uh, from across the globe. And uh, basically in this video I'm just going to go over my history with anime uh, and like what some of the animes I've watched are as long as talking as long as well as talking about some of the animes that I like and I've watched in the past. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. I know you guys love my disclaimers. Um, I'm definitely not the world's largest anime fan. I only recently have started picking up anime again and started watching uh, Cowboy Bebop. But before that, it's been a year or so since I last really watched anime. And I more wanted to make this episode to sort of reminisce about my glory days of when I was a fucking huge degenerate watching all sorts of uh, very weeaboo-style anime. Like that real degenerate shit. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and hop right into it. So now, you may be wondering, how did I get into anime? And uh, the truth is, basically, I was introduced to it by my mother. Uh, My mother and her friend... My mother was introduced to anime by her friend, and they together watched such animes as... uh, What was it called? Uh, There was Fruits Baskets that they watched together. Uh, There was another anime they watched, too. What was it? It was... It it was called Strawberry Something. Um, And my mom watched those two animes at the same time as her friend because her friend recommended them. And my mom enjoyed it enough that I would see her uh, watching anime at the house sometimes... And I was like, oh, what are you watching? And she had to explain it to me and everything. And so I have watched a decent amount of Fruits Baskets, um, but it was all that time ago when I watched it. I was literally like, fuck, like 12, 13 years old when she was watching it. So, you know, I don't remember it the best. I have been meaning to watch the remake um, of Fruits Baskets. And from what I remember, it was very good. Um, and it was very innocent and very sweet. Uh, no pun intended with the strawberry anime, uh, that I can't remember the full name of. But, uh, when I first got into anime on my own, I was watching some real degenerate shit. Uh, my first two anime that I fully sat down and watched all by myself slash with one of my friends. I had a friend... Uh, who lived in the same town as me, and I went over uh, to their house, and on our Nintendo Wii, on the Nintendo Wii my friend owned, I should say, we uh, Netflix had just came out on the Nintendo Wii, uh, and me and my friend watched our first two anime together on the Nintendo Wii's version of Netflix. And those two animes were uh, Girls Bravo... 
and Rosario plus Vampire. And uh, both of those are not particularly critically acclaimed. They're just your bog-standard harem animes, basically. And if you don't know what a harem is, and you're going into this episode without any knowledge of Japanese culture or anime whatsoever, a harem is basically a group of uh, individuals who uh, typically perform sexual tasks, um, but in the case of, uh, these two shows, it was a little more innocent than that, uh, but with a main character. So the main character will either have a group of men or women, or it can be both. I have seen both before, um, that are sort of in love with them and in extreme cases will perform sexual acts with them depending on the show uh and the plot of these two relatively are simple uh girls bravo is about this uh boy who is scared of women uh except for his childhood friend uh who he considers like a sister who has a huge crush on him obviously and he's blind and doesn't see it as every anime has um and there's an alien girl who comes to earth and he's not scared of her because she's not a human so uh he can talk to her and she he takes care of her and lets her live in his house and over the course of the show there's lots of hijinks um there's a really creepy episode where there's like some weird tentacle stuff going on Uh, i won't get into that as i said i have watched a lot of weird degenerate shit um over the years Uh, And then, of course, more of these alien women uh, with large breasts from other planets start to show up. And, uh, of course, this little boy gets a harem of alien women. And that was one of the first... That was probably the first anime I watched. I was watching both of these at the same time, going back and forth. Um, And then Rosario plus Vampire um, is... Is an anime about an average uh, high school boy who transfers schools because he's getting bullied, if I remember correctly, uh, and he transfers into a new school that's only for monsters, and he accidentally uh, transfers into this school, and he's the only human who goes to this all-monster school. Uh, And on his first day there, he has a chance encounter with this pink-haired... Uh, anime vampire chick uh, and she I remember very vividly that she goes like into this badass mode where basically normally she's like really sweet and like doesn't show her true form or whatever they call it but when her true form comes out she's this badass vampire lady and all these monsters have like true forms but they take on human forms Uh, Because they're going to school in the human world. And even though humans are not allowed at their school, uh, they're trying to give the monsters the most authentic uh, human school experience they can. And so all of the monsters have to remain in human form. However, uh, certain stuff happens throughout the show where uh, different things attack the school or different students attack each other. And of course their monster forms have to come out even though they're not supposed to. And uh, that's when you see the badass uh, vampire version of the otherwise cute and innocent pink-haired anime girl that he meets on his first day of school. Um, But anyway, as time passes in the show, 
uh, different conflicts and different story arcs, uh, introduce a succubus character uh, who is dealing with different issues about how she's being picked on and nobody likes her because she comes from a rich family and has a very fortunate upbringing. Uh, and of course he becomes friends with her and then some love triangle start stuff starts happening. And she is a succubus. Um, and then other than that, there's a witch character eventually. And I'm sure there's a couple other characters too. I honestly have not watched that show since I was that young. Uh, early middle school time. So I really don't remember any more than that. But uh, I do remember actually quite liking that one. And it was definitely not as uh, degenerate of a show as Girls Bravo was. If you were going to watch either of the two, I would definitely recommend Rosario plus Vampire over Girls Bravo. Um, but of course it's anime, so viewer discretion is advised. There is sexual content. That's like all anime. Even the really, really tame ones are still have elements of sexual content in them and that's just kind of how their culture is it's a little different uh but there's some genuinely really good shows that are only anime which i'm going to get into later as well so um that's something very important to keep in mind uh even though they have sexual content does not mean that they're bad shows and uh yeah those were the first two animes that i watched me and my friend watched them on the first release version of Netflix for the Nintendo Wii, um, and that was how I got introduced to anime. Very, uh, very North American, uh, middle school way to do it, because I didn't really have anybody show it to me, I just sort of found it on Netflix. If it wasn't for Netflix, um, at the time, websites that let you watch anime for free or stuff like Crunchyroll or Funimation now. Neither of them were very popular, so yeah, the only way I was really watching any anime was if I found it on Netflix and started watching it on there. Um, and I did actually end up watching quite a few that way. But that was how I got introduced into anime. So after those first two anime that I watched on Netflix on the Wii, uh, I was just entering middle school finally. Uh, that's right, I was watching those fucking crazy ass anime while I was still in elementary school. Yeah, that's right, harem anime while I was still in elementary school. At least it was late elementary school, and honestly, none of it was that bad, um, but still. Uh, just, just an interesting little fact to throw out there. So basically, once I went into middle school, I spent middle school in between two different schools. And uh, for the first half of that, basically, uh, I was only watching um, whatever would pop up on Netflix. Uh, so I remember uh, Sergeant Frog was on Netflix for a while. Uh, don't really recommend that one. It's kind of stupid. Uh, but if you want to check it out, by all means, go ahead. Uh, it's basically an anime about alien frogs who come to Earth to take over Earth. Uh, pretty epic. Uh, there's also another one about something invading Earth. I guess Netflix has a boner for uh, weird creatures invading Earth in anime. Uh, but 
Squid Girl was another one that I watched, and I actually finished that one. Uh, fairly, you know, it's honestly just like an okay anime. Nothing to really write home about. It's also about a squid who uh, looks like an anime girl that leaves the ocean and comes to the surface world uh, to attempt to take over. Uh, and lots of hijinks ensue, and both uh, Sergeant Frog and Squid Girl become friends with some humans, and then they decide to just live on Earth or in the surface world, and uh, hijinks ensue. And both of those animes are just whatever. And honestly, they're fine. Um, there's a lot better shows to watch, but if you want some just standard introductory anime, either of those two. Sergeant Frog is very long, and I never finished it, uh, but Squid Girl is fairly short and fairly non-assuming, you know, it's just like your bog-standard anime, really. Uh, but otherwise, it wasn't until about a year into middle school, uh, where I moved schools, and, uh, I got access to a city uh, public library network, which, of course, that means that there were probably four or five public libraries in a network, uh, all throughout this city, and I lived next to one, uh, because I moved from a small town, uh, to a big city, in case you were unaware, and, uh, so I had access to all these different books, and, of course, they had DVD catalogs as well, uh, unrelated to anime, this was when I first watched The Office, and I watched it by watching all of the box sets um, from the library, rented out one by one, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, ha being a part of that library that had a huge network also allowed me to rent out some uh, bigger, badder anime, stuff that was not on Netflix. Uh, so that's when I started getting into, like, uh, looking up what I should watch on the internet. Uh, and of course, uh, a lot of the top anime lists at the time, uh, cited Death Note as one of the best anime of all time. And, uh, I subsequently went to the library and borrowed the entire box set of Death Note and binged it over the course of a chunk of the summer. And, uh... That was probably one of my most memorable and fun anime moments of all time. It was just me and my brothers uh, during a summer vacation uh, watching a fuck ton of Death Note. And it was a blast. And um, it was pretty sweet, not gonna lie. And Death Note, in case you don't know, is about uh, these gods of death, or demons if you want to call them that. Uh, who have these notebooks, and basically you can think of it in an American, like, simplified uh, explanation form. It's basically, like, imagine the Grim Reaper, uh, and when he takes the souls and uh, takes the lives of people, uh, he has to write their names down in a notebook, and that notebook basically... Uh, has the power to kill anyone in any way possible by simply writing their name while thinking of their face. And also, you can write down the circumstances leading up to their death. I think it's like, they, there's all these rules, but I think it's like 15 minutes up to their death, you can write exactly what they do. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good show. Uh, so eventually these demons get, uh, bored of just, you know, 
hanging out and just doing death god things. Uh, and they decide to, in one of them, uh, Ryuk, I believe is his name, decides to drop his notebook down to earth. And, of course, a model student, Light Yagami, and son of the police chief, uh, picks up the notebook. And after not thinking it's real, deciding he should try it out on a criminal on TV, uh, realizes that he can cleanse the world of all evildoers uh, and serve justice as he sees fit. And that, of course, involves uh, literally, like, basically just watching TV and any bad guys shown on TV, he writes their name down in the notebook and then they die. Uh, typically of a heart attack, because that's what happens if you don't write any specific details. Uh, and, yeah, so that's that show. Uh, the police obviously get involved and try to stop it, and chaos ensues. Very interesting show. Um, a lot of the episodes had me going like, whoa, holy shit! And uh, I'm sure they will have the same effect on you. Um, but that's Death Note. Uh, other than that, around this time... I uh, borrowed some anime box sets from one of my mom's friends, uh, and I watched uh, Pony Pony Dash, which is about an elementary school student who is so smart that uh, she graduates elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, and becomes a teacher at like the age of 10. And she's a high school teacher at the age of 10, and all of her students are older than her. And uh, chaos ensues. Again, fairly non-assuming anime, per fairly basic premise. Uh, if you want just like a bog-standard anime to watch, I'd recommend that. That one's pretty cute. Uh, and then on the complete opposite side... Uh, fuck, what's this one called? I gotta remember. Oh, shit. I don't remember what it's called. I'm trying to remember... I can remember the theme song really well because it goes like, it's literally just this guy screaming on top of a tower. It's pretty epic. Um, hold on one second. It's called Paranoia Agent, um, and I watched that anime, the complete box set. Uh, and basically, Paranoia Agent was recommended to people who like Death Note. Um, and it's like this weird psychological thriller police drama anime. Uh, and the premise is there's something going on where a little boy with roller skates and a golden baseball bat is going around murdering people. Uh, and the police are trying to catch him. But then it becomes very much more complicated than just that. And uh, that one, honestly, I barely remember anything about. Watch it at your own risk. Apparently it's really good, though. I just looked it up uh, for the sake of this bit. And it has, like, an 8 out of 10 and a 9 out of 10. And actually, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 100%. So, it must be pretty good, honestly. I don't remember very much about it. I just remember it being fucking crazy. Uh, and I think there's a plot twist at the end, but I don't know. And uh, other than that, I also uh, got into some slice-of-life anime around this time. Uh, I watched Baka 2 Test. Uh which is a... It, it's kind of like Sword Art Online, uh, but instead of the game world being the entire world, uh, it's like... only takes place in a high school, and whenever you're in the high school, 
you can enter this video game world, and when you're there, uh, you have to, like, battle, you can, like, battle other students, uh, and teachers and stuff like that, it's, it's really weird, but I actually quite liked it, and there was a season two, uh, and I did not know there was a season two until, like, probably two years after I watched the original season, uh, and I actually watched it, and I very much enjoyed it. The second season had a lot of fan service from the first season. The first season was totally standalone, and it could have just ended right there. But they did a second season, had a little extra story, had some fan service. Good. Good anime. Baka 2 test. Highly recommend. Uh, other than that, what else was I watching at the time? Um, at this point, I started transitioning into high school. And, uh, oh, of course, I can't forget... There was one more anime, of course, that I watched, uh, and that, of course, was Black Butler. Uh, Black Butler was an anime that my friends that I met when I moved to schools were obsessed with. Uh, literally, I had a couple of friends, uh, and they were absolutely obsessed with Black Butler, and after some convincing, I finally decided to watch it, and I loved it, too. Uh, Black Butler is about a little boy whose parents are killed in a fire, uh, and he is saved from the fire by a demon butler who makes a contract with him, uh, and so now this little boy on his own runs this, like, uh, tycoon empire and lives in a mansion and has this cool mansion full of servants and his demon butler leading them all, uh, and there's lots of hijinks, and the show's a little long, not gonna lie. There's lots that happens. Um, and there's also, I think, three seasons of the anime, and then two movies? Three movies? Something like that? Uh, and the first season of the anime is probably the best one. Uh, because the way they did it is the first season is the beginning of the manga, and the second season is the end of the manga. Um, because they only thought they'd get two seasons, but they were actually, the show was way more popular than they expected, uh, so they were allowed, uh, more seasons. So then they started doing, like, season three is actually in the middle of the show, like, the middle of the story. Um, so they basically told the beginning of the story and the end of the story, and then started filling in the middle pieces, and honestly, the way it jumps around and the transition between season one and season two is so bad. I don't know that I would recommend this anime unless you only watch season, probably like season one. And then uh, Book of Circus is the name of the season that takes place in the middle. If you really want to watch season two, you can. But honestly, I would just recommend season one, Book of Circus, and then the uh, the two movies, or yeah, two movies I think it is. Uh, one of them is called Book of Murder. And I heard it's a very good. Um, otherwise, not entirely sure. Uh, that show I actually really like. And I've been meaning to watch the Book of Atlantic movie that came out. Uh, but honestly, it's been so long since I've watched it. I don't know if I will. But either way, uh, Black Butler is a very good anime. Um, shout out to all my friends in middle school who forced me to watch it even though I was very hesitant. Um, and that takes care of, like, my middle school uh, anime phase. Now we'll have to get into my early high school anime phase, and then after that, the 
the sort of demise of my anime likeness and then my recent rebirth as well. And I haven't even talked about the Ghibli movies yet. We got a lot in store, folks, so stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hyrulean Wins the Bread. This week I got a unique one for you. I actually have an update on last week's Hyrulean Wins the Bread. It's the first time ever where the story has developed past uh, me recording about it in the podcast. Uh, so just to recap what happened last week, I, uh, I was working a shift and this gentleman uh, was very disappointed in the price of a sandwich that we sold at the retail shop that I may or may not work at. Uh, and so I told him that's okay, I can just go ahead and take it off the order. And I took it off the counter and I threw it in the trash and he randomly blew up on me and told me that he knew as soon as he left I was going to fish it out of the trash and uh, he knew that I was going to fish it out of the trash and put it back on the shelf for people to buy and order and eat. And I was really taken aback by this. He literally yelled at me in front of a line of customers uh, because he said that I was going to put a sandwich back on the shelf after he touched it all over and everything. And that's totally normal protocol to throw it away if even after the person's touched it. And especially now during the COVID-19 situation that's ongoing, uh, I definitely would not want to put that sandwich back into the warmer for another person to purchase and consume. That would be very bad. Uh, And I would get in big trouble if it was found out that I did that. So I told him, no, it's going in the trash and it has to stay in the trash. And he just kept insisting that, no, he knows this store and that everyone here just does that. He's seen them do it where they take it out of the trash and put it back on the shelf for somebody to buy. And um, I was so taken aback, I just kind of scoffed. I was like, ugh. And he's like, you're really going to fucking laugh at me. I'm going to call corporate and I'm going to make them fire you. I'm going to have your job. And uh, and that was sort of where it left off. And I used the last Hyrulean Wins the Bread segment to rant about that. And uh, to basically um, just kind of teach everybody a lesson Or explain how cashiers feel in that situation and why it's so important to stop acting like that to cashiers. And if you see somebody treating a cashier like that, to step in and tell them to stop. Uh, But anyway, so the follow-up is the next day I came in for a shift at the same job. uh, And basically, again, I had another customer uh, yelling at me, except this time... Uh, it was because one of our price tags was incorrect, and I explained to them that uh, the particular item, I can't go into too much depth about exactly what it was, but the particular item that they had, um, I could not refund normally because once you buy it, you can't return it. It's a, it's a no returns item. Uh, and what that means is once you buy it, there's nothing we can really do about it. Well, basically... Um, there was a newer employee uh, who was working the morning shift, and then I was coming into a night shift after him. And he was not familiar with changing the prices on certain items throughout the day. Uh, and so this item uh, was raised in price uh, by $0.10. Cents and uh, 
he did not know to change the sign. He did know about the price change, but he did not know that he was in charge of changing the sign. And so these people came in and started ripping this poor kid a new one. And I showed up halfway through them yelling at him. And they switched and targeted over at me because they could tell that I was more experienced. And so it came down to it and I had to call my boss. And uh, my boss was like, just go ahead and give them the correct amount of money out of the drawer. And I will fix it in the morning when I'm there. Um, So I had to go ahead and do a calculation for how much I owed them back. Uh, And it was literally like a dollar and ten cents. So they basically ruined two people's day over a dollar and ten cents, which is really awesome. Uh, And all the while, the register I was supposed to be using uh, was completely shutting down and crashing and would not turn on. Uh, And the other registers... Uh, None of them had any money in them, so we were just trying to make do with what we had. We were only taking exact change. We were only taking cards uh, because we were down to one register with no money in it. And uh, and all the while, these people were yelling at us for the price being listed wrong for an item that was non-returnable. And, yeah, so I had another... Uh, rough customer experience the day after that one and I was just so surprised this is like it's crazy to have one at all normally you know you have like one a month but two in one week and then one day after another nonetheless was just crazy Um, but the real update to the first day was that the guy from the first story with the sandwich being thrown away and me allegedly laughing at him he actually did contact my corporate entity that I may or may not work for and I came into work today I'm heading home right now and uh, one of my supervisors will say uh, told me that the manager had received an email from corporate uh, and along with it a forwarded email from this guy and I was genuinely so surprised because normally when the customers say that they're going to contact corporate and try to get you fired they don't actually mean it they're just trying to scare you into giving them their way uh but this guy when i saw him sitting in his vehicle staring at me like i mentioned in the last episode i knew he was emailing corporate there was no way around it i I watched him write the email and uh so i knew this was going to happen i well, I didn't know for sure, and I really didn't think it would, but I, I was prepared for the fact that it might happen. And, of course, it actually did. And uh, needless to say, as I stated in the last episode, in the last segment of Hyrulean Wins the Bread, my boss knows me, my boss knows that the customers get along with me, and the customers like me, and I get along with the customers, and they you know we joke around and we have fun and none of the customers particularly hate me so when my boss gets this email saying that I am a rude despicable person and I need to get fired because of how horrible I am and how I mistreated the customers and my boss literally just like shrugged it off she asked me if it was true and 
literally in the email, he said, all he said was that I was being rude. He did not bring up the fact that he told me that I was going to throw away an item or I wasn't going to throw away an item that he touched and I was going to attempt to sell it to more customers. He kept insisting it and literally just unprovoked started yelling at me in front of a bunch of customers. Of course he didn't bring that up. He just said that I was rude and that I was laughing at him. Uh, So I explained the situation to my boss and of course, no surprise, my boss sided with me and they understood And apparently, I guess, our corporate entity might look into it, which I don't know exactly how they're going to look into it. You know, like, I guess maybe rewatch security cameras. Uh, But honestly, there's not a whole lot that they can do. It's one person's word versus another's. And if this was like a common thing for me and I was getting people reporting me to corporate all the time, uh, there would be... A high likelihood I would actually get fired for it, but there's only one other time I've ever been reported to corporate before, and uh, and so of course, especially when my boss knows that I get along very well with the customers and I'm a very sociable per- person, that this person saying that I'm super rude and I laughed at them is just flat out not true. Uh, And it's funny, one of my other supervisors thought that the person in the email was talking about them. So it just goes to show, cashiers, uh, they all sort of act similarly in certain situations. But basically, I just wanted to show you guys uh, what really goes on in this situation. Literally, so this person actually did take the steps and try to get me fired over... You guys heard the situation. I have no reason to lie about it. If I was an asshole to the person, I'd tell you guys. I wanted to be an asshole to the person, but I knew I couldn't if I wanted to keep my job. So I I was actually not an asshole to them. And they still contacted corporate and tried to get me fired. It just goes to show, literally, if I got fired from this job, I would have nothing else. I... The place that I live, there's a very limited amount of options for jobs. And if I wanted more options for jobs, I'd have to drive really far away. And so if I lost this job, I would be fucked. 100% fucked. And my boss knows this. And my boss knows that I would never try to jeopardize my job on purpose. And on top of that, she talks to the customers she's worked with me she knows that these customers don't mind me they actually like me and they actually think I'm sociable so if you're gonna try and get a cashier fired at least know that they're a bad cashier first that's all I'm gonna say and I just figured you guys would like to hear a little update 10 more minutes thrown on top of last week's god I could write I could do a whole fucking podcast episode on just me fucking tearing piss into how horrible it is to be a cashier (laughs) that probably would not be very entertaining Um, but either way what a fucking wonderful existence we live in where I can't fucking work without people trying to fire me who don't even yeah you guys get the idea and that's the update for you thanks for listening to Hyrulean Wins the Bread
So my next phase of anime was, uh, for lack of a better word, a bit more uh, dark and degenerate. Uh, early high school, I uh, I remember rewatching Death Note. Uh, with some of my new friends from my new school. That's right, I moved schools again between middle school and high school, so I was all over the place. Uh, But either way, uh, some of my new friends and me were watching uh, Death Note again, and uh, those new friends that I made were big into anime, and uh, through them I started watching some different shows as well. And this was around the time I discovered Kiss Anime, uh, and I started watching stuff like... uh, fucking uh high school dxd um what else was there high school dxd uh i watched um hold on sorry there's just a lot to remember because i know this was like my main phase of anime um i remember watching like uh attack on titan around this time um, what else was there? I, ha- I should have pulled up my anime list before recording this episode because I have a shit ton on there. Uh, I watched, like, uh, Darker Than Black. Oh, that's such a good show. Um, and then there was stuff like uh, Fairy Tale. Um, I watched, uh, fuck, I don't remember the Japanese name, which is shorter, but there's an anime called Is It Wrong to Pick Up a Girl in a Dungeon? And I watched that while I was in high school, uh, at least part of it, uh, at the recommendation of my friend Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. Uh, what else? There was also, there was just a lot of fucking shows, and 90% of them were short and terrible. Uh, but there were a couple that stuck out. And to go through a couple, uh, the most degenerate anime I've ever watched, Borderline Hentai, uh, was High School DxD. And basically, High School DxD is about, uh, if I remember correctly, a boy who starts at a new high school, and that high school has devils, and he becomes contracted by these devils um and he basically forms a harem of devil women and they like are they actually are naked sometimes in the show and there's like a censored and an uncensored version of the show and the the intro has like naked women in it it's just the most degenerate shit and honestly i feel horrible for watching it now because of where i am in my life uh but at the time uh, being a young lad, I was invested in the show, hella invested, and uh, I watched many episodes. I very much enjoyed it at the time. I gotta say, and High School DxD, I don't know that I necessarily recommend unless you're into uh, some super degenerate anime shit. Uh, but it, if you are, that's a good show to choose. Uh, I also watched around this time Your Lion April. Um, Your Lion April being a show about a young pianist um, whose mother recently died. And uh, he's having trouble picking up the piano again after the tragic death of his mother. Which then turns out to not be so tragic necessarily because she was abusing him. And then he meets this girl and this girl helps him change his life and fall back into love with music and fall into love with her. And there's lots of stuff that happens. 
Um, I also watched, like, uh, K-On! around this time. And K-On! If you've ever seen the anime Love Live, uh, K-On! is kind of similar in terms of theme. It's very, very, very innocent, which was a very stark contrast to what I was watching in a lot of other shows. Um, But K-On! just follows a young girl going to an all-girls school, uh, a new school, and she's not particularly talented in any way, and she doesn't really have anywhere to fit in or make friends at her new school. Well, then she decides to join the light music club, thinking that light music is like playing the maracas or something like that, Uh, but then she finds out that light music is like a light rock club, and she enters into this band uh, with no knowledge of playing the instruments or anything and she picks up the guitar and makes some lifelong friends and they form a band and uh, it's just a really cute sweet anime to watch and I was obsessed with it for a while Uh, and I would highly recommend K-On! if you're looking for something a little more uh, friendly than high school DxD. Literally they're on the two opposite ends of the spectrum but they're both about high schoolers and it's kind of hilarious. And along with that, Love Live. I never finished Love Live, but Love, Love Live is basically like a longer form version of K-On! Uh, and it follows a school idol group, which is just basically a fancy word f- for uh, a Japanese uh, group club of schoolgirls uh, who sing and dance to pop music, J-pop specifically. Uh, and that show what I watched of it was fairly good. I just, I couldn't get into it as much because there was something about it that just didn't feel as charming as Kaon did, which I know that's like really purist to say, but, uh, I don't know. I, I might pick it up again at some point. It'd be fairly, it's fairly innocent and unassuming. So that'd be a good one to pick up if you wanted another, uh, simple and easy one to watch. Um, what else is there? There are so many different anime shows. Uh, I busted out Kokoro Connect. Uh, which follows a uh, paranormal activities happening in a high school, uh, which starts off by causing the students to switch bodies and then carries on to make it so they can't stop uh, saying things that are on their mind, even if they want to keep them a secret and stuff like that. Uh, It's just a really chaotic paranormal slice-of-life anime. Uh, I almost forgot. One of the other most degenerate animes I watched uh, was called Heaven's Lost Property. Uh, and it has, I believe, two or three seasons and a movie. Uh, and Heaven's Lost Property follows this boy. Uh, it's kind of similar to Girls Bravo in plot. He's shy around girls, though. He's not allergic to them like the guy from uh, Girls Bravo. Uh, but it was really like a full circle uh, trip from when I watched Girls Bravo as my first anime. Because literally it's like the same plot. Except instead of being aliens, they're robots. And uh, they're angel humanoid robots and uh they do his bidding and they're like well at least the main one does uh and there's lots of sexual content in that one as well uh but it's genuinely not too bad honestly i quite enjoyed uh parts of it i should say um what else did i watch i watched blue exorcist uh pretty standard anime affair um what else honestly just a lot of not super noteworthy shows just a lot of stuff uh if i had to pick like three animes from this time period for you guys to watch i 
I would pick Kaon for sure. Kaon is so good. Uh, and it's very simple and very nice and very friendly, which is always nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like super good that I watched around this time. Uh, I would not recommend Fairy Tale. <laughs> That's like something for maybe another episode or something like that. But Fairy Tale is so long and repetitive. I could not get into Fairy Tale. Sorry, diehard Fairy Tale fans. The show's finally over though. So if you want to watch it, there's at least an end now to the repetitiveness. But I watched a good 140 episodes of Fairy Tale before I decided to stop watching the show. And when I did, I finally escaped and I got to watch other anime. And I got to enjoy other anime. Uh, and it was awesome. Um, what else? There's there's a lot more that I want to recommend. Some of them I want to recommend are uh, Ghibli movies. So maybe I'll go ahead and talk about Ghibli movies and then get more into my recommendations near the end of the podcast. But yeah, uh, let's talk Ghibli movies. Now, when it comes to late high school slash... Uh, current day me watching anime. Uh, around late high school was when I actually started to not watch anime as much. Uh, around that time was when I started watching, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Rick and Morty was really getting big around that time, and I was watching that. Um, and I was just watching a bunch of other, like, actual shows. Um, so anime definitely went to the sidelines. Uh, during that time, I did try to watch is it wrong to pick up a girl in a dungeon uh i watched like the first episode of uh goblin slayer um and a couple other animes here and there a uh, bit of fairy tale that's about it really uh <clears throat> and i realized while i was filming the last couple segments i had not talked about anime movies that i watched uh so, the first anime movie I ever really saw uh, was Ponyo, which is a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, if you've ever seen Lilo and Stitch, Ponyo can be kind of thought of as a Japanese version of Lilo and Stitch. So, if you like Lilo and Stitch, you might like Ponyo. Uh, it's about, basically, uh, this fish princess. Uh, and this little boy lives on a coastal town or island uh, in Japan and he catches this little fish in his bucket while he's playing by the water and it's this fish princess uh, and they she like turns into a little girl I guess or something like that and uh, tries to become his friend and she does not want to leave she wants to stay on land uh, and stay with her new friend and, uh, there's this whole thing about how if she leaves the ocean for too long, it'll cause, like, there to be chaos and stuff like that. So there's, like, a tsunami that happens, I think, or a hurricane or a monsoon or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, and that's Ponyo. Otherwise, while I was in, uh, middle school, I watched, uh, a bunch of other ones. Uh, I watched... Summer Wars, which is not by Studio Ghibli. It's actually... I don't know who it's by, but it's about a world where basically everything is connected through an online game. Like, everybody goes to work in this online game. It's kind of like Ready Player One, 
but there's kind of more of a focus on the real world than there was in Ready Player One. Um, but basically, everybody is connected through the internet, and uh, there's something about like a kid fighting on the internet. I don't remember a whole lot about it because I watched it during the summer, actually at a local library, um, and I just don't remember too much about it. Uh, but I did find it fairly interesting. Summer Wars, definitely worth a rewatch for me. Um, and I would recommend it to you folks, too, if you want an interesting anime to watch that's not Studio Ghibli. Other than that, I've also seen uh, My Neighbor Totoro, of course, which follows uh, these two kids and their dad moving into a new house in the country uh, of Japan. And they, the kids have a chance encounter with the forest spirit, Totoro. Um, and he teaches them how to have fun again. And how to ignore the fact that their mom is in the hospital and probably dying. Uh, and so it's a little dark, but it's, it's a more kid-focused movie along with Ponyo. And then, of course, there's the ever-popular Spirited Away. Uh, which follows a little girl and her two parents which are moving uh, and they get lost while they're on their way to their new house in the woods and they stumble upon an abandoned amusement park uh, that actually turns out to be uh, ran by spirits and spirits live there and spirits wreak havoc over that area um, and they live there and they have fun there and they go there to vacation and stuff when they're not you know doing spirit shit well, this, uh, there's this bathhouse in the abandoned uh, amusement park, and it's owned by an evil witch, and she, like, turns the main character's parents into pigs, and the only way the little girl can get her parents back is if she works for the witch at the bathhouse, uh, and that one was very, very cool. And the art is very interesting, and it's super awesome. It's a really good film. Uh, it actually, I think, has the title right now of the highest grossing uh, foreign animated film of all time. So that's pretty hype. Um, and it's actually really good, uh, albeit maybe a little overhyped because of how popular it is. But I, it's, it's very good. It's a very solid Ghibli film. I'd highly recommend that one. That one's probably like a more mature... Totoro, I guess you could say. Uh, so if you watch Totoro and you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. I wish it was a little more mature, though. Spirited Away is for you. Um, of course, there's also Howl's Moving Castle, which is probably my favorite, or one of my favorites. Uh, and it's a little more serious than Spirited Away. Uh, and it follows a young tailor woman uh, who has an encounter with a witch as well. Except this witch uh, curses her to be an ugly old woman. And uh, there's a wizard, played by Christian Bale in the English dub, um, named Howell. uh, And he discovers this old woman, and he needs a a a caretaker for his moving castle. It's like this crazy-looking mechanical robot spider-leg castle thing, and it's really cool. Uh, And so he brings her in. And then he can see that she's cursed, um, and he can see through the curse, so they start to fall in love, and it's, uh, pretty sweet. There's lots of heart tugs in that one. Very dark at some parts, and, like, really creepy. 
as well. So that was a good one to watch. Another more younger kid-oriented one that I really like is Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, which follows a young witch. Uh, be like It's a coming-of-age story where she becomes old enough to leave home and find a city uh, to take care of. Because I guess in this, in this universe... Uh, witches turn 10 like Pokemon trainers and they get sent out to the real world. But then these witches like set up shop in a city and there's like one witch per city and that witch uh, looks over the city and helps its citizens and stuff like that. And usually they specialize in different things. Um, Well, this witch in particular did not have any outstanding super abilities in magic or in potion brewing or anything. Uh, But she was pretty fast at flying her broom uh so of course the only skill she really develops is delivering packages uh so the movie revolves around you uh going with her on her first adventure as a full-grown witch to find her city uh and to deliver packages and overcome uh and enter into adulthood i guess and that one was really cool to watch and it's probably one of my favorite ones as well and that one's a little more kid-oriented, but it's got some good uh, coming-of-age stuff in it. So if you want to watch that, there's that. Uh, another one I've seen, of course, is Princess Mononoke. And I talked about this one a little bit, I believe, in the Breath of the Wild review episode. Uh, but basically, Breath of the Wild was heavily inspired by Princess Mononoke. Uh, and the plot for this one basically follows a premise like this. Uh, so there's this local he's basically like a warrior who defends a town and this town is attacked by like a dark and evil demon beast and while he's fighting it the demon like enters his arm and takes control of his arm which if you've seen the trailer for breath of the wild 2 uh, there's a lot of similar aspects to that and that so that'll be interesting to see where that goes uh but yeah, this demon, like, takes control of his arm, so he's forced to leave this town that he's protecting and go seek out uh, some spirit of the woods, I think, uh, to try to cleanse his hand, arm and hand or whatever, and it's the only way uh, he can save himself from being consumed by the demon powers. And uh, I feel I got a feeling Breath of the Wild 2 is going to have a similar plot, so if you want to... Uh, get an early grasp of what that might end up being like, definitely check out Princess Mononoke. Otherwise, the themes of Princess Mononoke can already be seen in Breath of the Wild. So if you like Breath of the Wild, uh, you basically have to watch Princess Mononoke. It's definitely probably one of the more serious Ghibli movies. I know there's another one that I haven't seen. uh, And it's... uh, Fuck, what's it called? I gotta remember. It's the one about the planes. Hold on one second. I'll remember it. Uh... I don't think it's Pompoko. Pompoko is about the rac- or the Tanukis. Porco Rosso, that's what it's called. I have not seen Porco Rosso, but apparently Porco Rosso has a pig pilot guy, and he drinks a lot of alcohol, and that one's probably more mature than this. But this one, without spoiling anything, literally has a scene where he fires a bow and arrow so with so much strength that literally it rips people's arms off and it's so fucking badass and it came completely out of left field I saw this one in theaters uh, with my buddy Ethan and uh, some of his relatives and it was an absolute delight and the serious and like 
badass nature of this movie completely caught me off guard. I like my jaw dropped in the theater. It was great. Um, and this one's probably one of my favorite ones as well. I know I say that like all the time, but Kiki's my favorite young one. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite like middle age, like teen one. And then, uh, of course, Princess Mononoke is probably my favorite, like, older-oriented one. I've also seen Castle in the Sky once. Uh, and that one, to be fair, was pretty fine. It was actually a pretty good film. Uh, it follows, if I remember correctly, I've only seen this one once. But I believe it follows, like, uh, this kid whose dad goes missing... Uh, in the eye of a... And there's, like, this whole thing about the city inside of the eye of the storm, and the dad told this kid about it. Um, well, basically, this princess escapes the castle in the sky, and due to a chance encounter, encounters this boy who also knows how to fly planes because his dad did, um, if I remember correctly. There's pirates involved, too. It's really complex, uh... But basically, their goal is to get to the castle in the sky. And I don't remember if it's to get her back or if it's to help find her dad. And I don't even remember if she's from the castle in the sky, if I'm being honest with you. And then there's this whole theme of, like, nature and the importance of nature and how, like, we need to take care of the environment, which comes into play. As well as uh, there's this really cool robot that gave me, like, Iron Giant vibes. It was really awesome. Uh, Castle in the Sky is pretty dope. I'm trying to think. There is also Arietti, uh, which if you've ever seen the books, The Borrowers, uh, they were children's books that I used to read when I was a child. Uh, the Borrowers is basically a carbon copy of Arietti. I don't know which one came first, uh, but The Borrowers slash Arietti follow these little people who live in the house, um, and they actually uh, steal items from the people who live in the house and because they're so small they only need like a little bit of food or whatever to get by so they only take a little bit so much that you wouldn't even notice that it's gone or so little you wouldn't even notice that it's gone um and Arietti follows uh what happens when Arietti gets found out by a human being if I remember correctly um and that one was pretty interesting I watched that one actually the same summer I watched Summer Wars uh, and I'm not going to lie, Summer Wars outshined it just a little bit. Um, but Arietti was still fairly good. And I think that covers all my major bases for the Ghibli movies that I have seen. There's a lot more that I haven't seen that I can't comment on. So definitely go look them up if you're curious. But definitely recommend Spirited Away, uh, Kiki, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, and Princess Mononoke, at least those four. Those four, like, are outstanding in quality. I mean, of course they all are, but those four are the ones that I personally probably like the most and would recommend. Um, otherwise, some other anime movies I've seen. Uh, there's this one that is called Your Name, um, and it basically follows a... Without spoiling, because the whole movie can be spoiled if you say the wrong thing, but basically... Uh, this one day, there's a boy who wakes up in a Japanese countryside town as a girl. And then there's this girl that wakes up 
in Tokyo as a boy. And they swap bodies at night. Um, and they're trying to figure out who each other are. Um, and it's a very interesting anime. And there's a lot more to it than that. But if I say anything more, it'll spoil it. Uh, but that one is very uh, heartstring tuggy. It'll make you tear up. Even my girlfriend, who doesn't like anime very much, I made her watch Your Name, and by the end of it, she was crying. Your Name is amazing. Um, highly recommend that one. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of TV shows that have movies, too, uh, but I'm not going to mention those here. Um, what else? Is there anything else, really, that I want to mention? I think I covered all the movies, really, that I wanted to. K-On! has a movie. I talked about K-On! earlier in the podcast. After you finish the two seasons of K-On!, you can watch the K-On! movie. Um, there's one that I've been meaning to watch called A Silent Voice, which I guess is about, like, some, uh, either, I think it's probably deaf, some deaf girl that's being bullied, and some guy steps in and helps her or something like that, and apparently that one's romantic and sad too, so I've been meaning to check that out, if you guys want to check that out and report back to me. Um, and there's a lot of other movies as well. Uh, Wolf Children, which I've been meaning to watch. Apparently a really sweet one as well. Um, oh, I've also seen Akira. If you're more of like the Naruto, um, Dragon Ball, fucking Bleach, um, what else? Those really serious, like, action, anime you know, that kind of thing, style of a person. You will you might like the movie Akira, or Akira, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, basically, we had to watch it in a film appreciation class in school, and I was all excited because it was an anime. Uh, but the reason I haven't mentioned it up to this point in this podcast is because it wasn't exactly my style. It was very, very serious anime um, for diehard anime fans, for sure. Uh, and the tone and the style and the story was very much like a Dragon Ball or a Naruto kind of thing in my mind. Um, so if you want to check out a really serious, cool art style anime, um, similar-ish to Darker Than Black, if any of you watch that after I recommend it off this podcast, um, Akira is a really good anime movie. Um, and it was entertaining at the very least. It was very much out of my normal comfort zone for shows that I watch, but it was cool nonetheless. Um, but yeah, there's some movie recommendations and then we're probably going to get into, uh, what shows I'm watching slash want to watch, um, some other recommendations maybe, and then that'll about do it, I guess. Now, if we're going to get into how I'm slowly starting to get back into anime, uh, we better talk about what uh, led me to start watching anime again. And uh, that's that brings us to this week's game recommendation, folks. Uh, this week I'm going to go ahead and recommend you the game Persona 5 slash Persona 5R slash Persona 5 The Royal. Um, for those of you who play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and you saw Joker was getting added to the game, and you got, got all excited because you thought it was going to be the arch-nemesis of Batman, and then only to boot up the game and see it's another anime boy. Uh, I'm here to tell you the game that that anime boy is from. 
Uh, so, so Persona 5 is an RPG uh, released by Atlas, and basically it follows the story of a delinquent who is wrongly uh, tried for a crime, and that leads him to have to be recommunicated and be under probation. Uh, and this probation involves him uh, having to leave his home and move to Tokyo, Japan uh, to remain under the watchful eye of a guardian. Uh, and he lives in the attic of a coffee shop. And so basically, uh, the kid goes to school uh, to discover that one of the teachers at the school uh, is very, very awful. And the along with some new friends that he makes at the school, uh, the group of friends decide that they want to change this person. They want to make them pay uh, for how cruel and hurtful they are. But the truth is, they really don't have any way to do that. And uh, until a long-nosed man um, named Igor uh, intervenes. And this Igor guy, there's lots of confusion about him. I honestly don't even really know yet because I'm still working through this multi-hundred-hour JRPG. Uh, but basically, um, he causes um, these students of the school to each uh, get a Metaverse Navigator app on their phone, and that allows them to travel to a uh, different dimension uh, where they can wield these demons of their own called personas, and the personas are a reflection of their own personality and control over their emotions, so the stronger control of their emotion they have, the stronger their persona is. Uh, and basically, this other dimension that they go to is the dimension of the distorted desires of corrupt adults. And it's really complicated sounding, uh, but the game explains it very well. So don't take my shitty explanation as a reason to stay away from the game. Uh, but basically, over the course of the game, uh, you're slowly forming a group of... I guess you could call them vigilantes, but they don't really do anything. The way they do their vigilante justice is by stealing the corrupted desires of adults and making them have a change of heart which forces them to confess to the crimes or cruel acts that they've committed. Uh, and you'll have to play the game if you want to know how this is done. Um, but this game is of course, Persona 5, as I already mentioned, and it's available on the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. And the PlayStation 4 also has a fleshed-out, improved, uh, quality-of-life-past version uh, called Persona 5 The Royal. And not only does The Royal have more content than the original, about 20-some-plus hours, if I remember correctly, it also uh, has a lot of quality of life features that, trust me, as someone who's played uh, at least 20 hours into the first Persona 5 and then uh, 20 hours plus some in Persona 5R, Persona 5R is such a more mechanically enjoyable game to play. They did some little things like, uh, basically, they made guns actually useful. So when you're infiltrating these uh, realms of distorted desire, they take the form of, like, 
these dungeons, and you have to go all the way through the dungeon and then steal the heart, quote-unquote, which is the treasure in that world, uh, and that'll cause them to have the change of heart. And in the case of uh, these dungeons, one of the quality of life improvements they did was in the original game of Persona 5, uh, your ammo was limited to only a certain amount per day. So basically, every time you infiltrated the dungeon, you were only given a certain amount of ammo for that trip. Well, now they made it so ammo replenishes after every battle, which sounds like, oh, that makes the game way too easy. It doesn't, first of all. What it does is it makes it so when you're fighting all these shitty little enemies and they're so close to dead, you can just finish them off with a quick machine gun round or two, and it's like, you know, Bob's your uncle. It makes the game so much less tedious. It's so amazing. Um, And along with that, there's a whole slew of other changes. Honestly, I've only played probably a good 20, 25, 30 hours of Persona 5R and 20 of the original, and I can tell you so many I could sit here all day and list off the changes so if you have the choice between Persona 5 or Persona 5R always go for Persona 5R that being said if you don't own a PlayStation and you want to play this still uh, there are good strides being made in the PlayStation 3 emulation scene and that's all I'm going to say I'll let that go up to you guys you know how to do emulation stuff I want to do an episode about emulation at some point too Um, But basically, Persona 5 is just such an amazing JRPG, such an amazing RPG, and it has these really high-quality anime cutscenes at certain parts, um, and the story is really, really awesome, and the characters are very anime-inspired. The art style is anime, in case you couldn't tell. Um, And the actual theme of the game, too, is amazing. Um... If I remember correctly, Masahiro Sakurai, uh, the guy who produced slash created the Super Smash Brothers series, um, one of the reasons he loved Persona so much and wanted to get Joker into Smash Brothers was because he loved the way the menus and the art style of the game were done. Because if you play that game, you'll see the art style of the menus is so flashy and colorful and bright and bold, and it really is just like such a stunning game it's it's not even like particularly super pretty graphics or anything it's just stunning in the way it's like a it's like a painting it's like it's so good the art is so good it's seriously gotta be one of my favorite things about the game the art is just beautiful Um, But basically, if I didn't make it perfectly clear, I'm just kind of rambling about the game at this point. Uh, If you're even a little interested in JRPGs, or you hated, like, traditional JRPGs and you want to try something new, um, definitely give Persona 5 a try, or even Persona 4. I can't personally vouch for that one, but it came out on Steam um, recently for PC, and it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. So I already picked it up, and I'm going to play it after I beat Persona 5 in the... 14 fucking years um but if you if you want to try out a persona game i definitely recommend you try out one of the two the older ones are just completely different and each has like a standalone story with references so you don't really need to play the other games to understand 
Uh, but really quickly, I want to go over just a couple more things. So the battle system in Persona 5, think of it like per- think of it like Pokemon. So you have these monsters, and each of them has like type strengths, type weaknesses. Except in Pokemon, normally it's like, oh, grass type uh, is weak against fire, strong against rock. In po- or in Persona, it's like, oh, this uh, Persona is weak against wind, ice, and fire, but strong against nuclear, uh, fucking psychic, fucking blessed and cursed. It's like there's so many more different types. And they can be, uh, like, they can be type-restricted to certain things, um, a lot more things, and there's a lot more depth involved in Pokemon. Uh, and even, like, gun blasts or physical attacks can be, like, type weaknesses. So you, there could be, like, flying enemies, and the best way to kill them is by just shooting them. And that's really cool. And that whole thing with the ammo and how it replenishes after every fight now uh, just goes to show how uh, much better it makes the game when you don't have to worry about giving your personas moves that require guns. You can just shoot them. Um, But that being said, there's also another thing involved. So if you can manage to uh, master this type uh, system where you can learn the strengths and weaknesses of the different personas. Uh, They have this system called the One More system, where basically if you hit an enemy's weakness, you get to do another attack. And you can get, like, as you level up, you can unlock multiple follow-up attacks to the point where if you know what the weakness of the enemy is, you can hit it and then you can just wipe the entire team. And I think this is where the game really... uh, kind of overshines, outshines all these JRPGs that I did not like very much. The combat is very quick and very flashy. And the only place where animations get a little much is with the showtime moves and the all-out attacks, which I haven't even gotten into those yet. I could literally sit here all day and talk about Persona 5. Um, But basically, the combat is so fast-paced and fun and it really just makes the game not a slog to get through. Like you think of, uh, you think of like Final Fantasy when you do an attack, your character like runs up to the enemy, does the animation, and then runs back, and then that's the end of your turn. And that animation takes like you know ten seconds to complete every single time. Uh, that is what makes RPGs kind of tedious to me. Well, this game, it's literally like. Oh, I'm fighting a group of slimes. I know they're all weak to fire, so I have a fire attack that will do damage to all of the enemies and knock them all out. And then I do an all-out attack, and that all-out attack finishes them off after they've been hit by the weak attack. So that's literally two moves, all done in the same turn, and I've killed a whole group of enemies, and I've ended the combat already. And that's where Persona 5 really shines. Um, So if you want to get into a couple hundred hour story, a wonderful story, a beautiful world, I could literally sit here and talk about this game way more. And I'm probably going to in a full length episode where I talk about how much I fucking hate JRPGs. Um, But if you want to check out the game 
until I do get that episode out. I definitely recommend you check out Persona 5. Persona 5 R on the PlayStation 4. Um, emulation for PlayStation 3 on PC to play the original Persona 5. Or Persona 4 on PC. Or Vita. Or PS2. Um, honestly, just check the Persona series out. It's seriously so good. And it's the reason why I'm back into anime now. But now that I've rambled about Persona 5 for like 13 minutes, uh, let's get back to the topic at hand because now we understand um, how Persona kind of got me back in to anime by presenting me an anime-themed story that is just so great. Okay, so now the Persona rant is over. Sorry for that one going kind of crazy folks I kind of was all over the place with that one uh but yeah let's get back on track here so anyway um thanks to in a small part from uh me playing Persona 5 uh I recently have had the desire to start watching anime again uh which not only led me to starting to watch anime again it also made me want to make this episode of the podcast uh so Uh, That's where we're standing now. I'm currently working through Cowboy Bebop, uh, which is a classic anime from the 90s uh, about uh, a couple of bounty hunters uh, off hunting some bounties. One of them has a really mysterious past, and uh, he's trying to run away from it, and uh, they just go around the galaxy collecting bounties and getting into mischief. And I've been really enjoying Cowboy Bebop, Uh, I'm about six episodes in. I definitely recommend you guys check it out if you're interested in, like, space, uh, sci-fi, that kind of thing. I really love the aesthetic of, like, uh, old western, like, space cowboy style stuff. Like, I'm talking, like, Han Solo kind of thing. Uh, like, you know, like, grungy, like, going into a bar, wearing, like, a duster, like, you know, that kind of thing. And Cowboy Bebop's definitely got that sort of style that I was looking for, uh, just in general, not even just in anime. So it was a very good, uh, jumping on point for me to get back into anime. And, uh, that's what I'm watching right now. Other than that, I kind of want to check out some of the more popular ones. I don't know if I'll stick with them, uh, but some of the more recent ones that have been popular that I'm interested in, uh, there's this one where it's like, that time I re I was reincarnated as a slime or something like that. Apparently that one's really popular. Fantasy anime. Um, Shield Hero is apparently a really popular one. I want to go back and finish. I didn't even talk about me watching this in the show because I literally watched one episode. Uh, but I want to go back and finish uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid possibly. Uh, as more of like a traditional like, uh, over-the-top kind of sexualized anime, uh, I wouldn't mind going back and watching that, um, other than that, I have a whole slew of anime to get to, uh, I want to check out that Silent Voice movie that I talked about earlier in the podcast, and, uh, honestly, there's just a shit ton of content, um, to watch in terms of anime, so, definitely I think this is a good jumping on point and uh yeah I think that about wraps up where we are with anime um any other recommendations I have if you guys are looking for anime to watch um for complete beginners if you want something fairly serious 
um, and dramatic and you're not worried about it being something like crazy if you like like police dramas and stuff like that definitely check out death note death note's a little uh a little mythical fantastical uh but otherwise it's a very solid police drama anime uh after you get past all of like the fantastical elements and there's lots of drama and like crazy shit happening death note's definitely a good uh, jumping on point for the general person getting into anime who's interested in like crime and stuff like that and something a little more gritty um, otherwise if you're interested in something a little more cute uh, and bright and colorful but you don't want that over sexualized anime because you're just getting into it and you definitely want to ease yourself into that kind of thing uh, K-On is definitely a good starting point I would recommend K-On to anybody just looking for like a light hearted fun show. It's kind of like Eye Bleach, honestly. That's probably why I watched it. I uh, I had my girlfriend ask me why I watched it, because I was talking about it, and I showed her some pictures of it, and I explained to her that it's not sexual at all. It's just a bunch of high school girls in a band. And she's like, well, why, why did you watch it? And I was like, I don't know, it's an anime, but I think I finally figured it out after talking all this time about anime in this episode of the podcast. Kaon is, like, the purest form of eye bleach. For somebody who's a bit of a weeb like me, um, Kaon is basically like looking at a basket of puppies or something like that, you know? It's just, like, cute, has a bit of a story that's ongoing, a little bit of funny ha-has, Um, but otherwise it's just like a really, uh, cute cartoon. That's a nice break from everything else that's dark and gritty that I usually am invested in. Uh, but otherwise, let's see. If you just want like a bog standard, like middle of the road, I would recommend, you know, like, is it wrong to pick up a girl in a dungeon, even though I haven't finished that. I might loop back and finish that as well. Um, my buddy Ethan really likes Spice and Wolf. That's a pretty tame starter anime for people to watch as well so if you want a basic uh not super sexual either it actually has a bit of it but not too much so spice and wolf's a good starting point uh what else i'm trying to think of at least one more good example of a good starter anime for people who are slightly interested in it but don't want to get thrusted in i guess squid girl would be a good one to start with as well uh squid girl is just really like it's, it's kind of like k It's not super sexual or anything. Uh, and it's just good, uh, you know, just good, like, cute content with, like, a bit of a story. Something enjoyable to throw on. You can just, like, watch it and kind of half pay attention while you're playing a game or something. Uh, is there anything else? Honestly, just look around. If you look at the top lists or whatever, I tried to stay away from talking about the most popular anime in this. I mean, granted, I did talk about Fairy Tale at one part, but uh, just go look up some of the most popular anime. Uh, Death Note definitely is up there, and I did talk about that one, but that, that's because it's actually good. Uh, but there's stuff like Attack on Titan if you want something more serious, which I have watched, but I didn't mention in this episode because it's been talked about to death. Um, and there's a lot of other anime out there as well. Uh, just go ahead and take a look if you're even slightly interested and you might find something that's enjoyable and the big thing I have to make perfectly clear is 
not all anime is 100% sexual, uh, fucking delinquent, fucking, uh, shit, you know, shit tier, borderline, hentai, uh, only some of them are, and as long as you, uh, kinda manage your expectations and understand that there's some anime that's like, some anime that's really bad, some anime that's completely innocent, but most anime is just a little sexual, and that's just kind of how Japan is, uh, there's actually quite a bit you'll find interesting, there's so many animes that I feel like if were regular shows, uh, they would actually be very popular, and, uh, if people could get past the fact that it's, you know, Japanese cartoons, they'd actually enjoy it, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where we're sitting right now, folks, uh, I did purposefully avoid talking about a couple animes that I've watched in this show, as I mentioned, I avoided talking about, uh, too many of the super sexual ones, and I avoided talking about, uh, Attack on Titan and a couple other really popular ones, uh, because I wanted to kind of focus on some of the more smaller anime that I've watched, uh, as well as not make myself look like too much of a degenerate. It started to rain. Okay. Um, so yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, that's going to about do it for this episode of the Switched Podcast. It is now pouring down rain, uh, so I better start paying attention to my driving a bit more. Uh, Next episode is about uh, the Wii U and how it could have been better. Um, Basically, I'm going to go over a lot of things about the Wii U that I like and how Nintendo could have changed those things for the better uh, to make the Wii U the ultimate Nintendo console. It'll either be that or me and Riley talking about Animal Crossing. Uh, One of those two episodes, those both will be coming. I just don't know which order it'll be, if it'll be the Wii U episode or the Animal Crossing episode first, but both are on the docket, so uh, look forward to those two. Uh, Oh, hey, the rain already stopped. Wow, that was like the spottiest patch of rain I've ever been through. Um, But yeah, it's been a real jaunt this episode. It's been a real blast from the past. not only did it make me think of some of the most cringiest things I've ever done as a person, it also made me think of some of the most fondest memories I have of watching television. Uh, so yeah, go out there, watch some anime. Uh, peace out, I guess. Bye-bye.